The Film Guide with Howard Linsky, part of the St. Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of The uh, Film Guide with none other than highly acclaimed, world-renowned uh, local author of note, Howard Linsky. I like the fact you added of note, yeah. Danny. That's very kind of you to come up with something new, so... You know, we we need something new every every month to keep the listeners engaged. Don't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. We got to we got to keep, keep the listener. Got to keep my profile up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and hello, dear listener, as well. We're pleased to join us. Hello, dear listener. Yes. So, uh, back. yeah. What we do uh, with the the film guide, if if you are indeed uh, new to this this show, uh, which possible, um, you never know, because that maybe the listener's gone on holiday and has managed to get a sub in to to do you know replacement listening. So, uh, yeah, if you are new to this, uh, what we do is uh, we look at Howard Linsky's choice of films on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. Uh, we we uh, will pick out the best, because there's loads, there's loads, and you might think, oh, I don't know what to watch. You know, you might get that, it, there needs to be a name for this phenomenon now, where you sit down to watch a movie, and after 40 minutes of scrolling through movies, you give up and watch a TV episode. Know, I've done that. I've definitely done that. What I've gone, I'm not sure if I want to watch that now. I know that one's a bit long, and I'm yeah. not in the mood for that really serious yeah. one, but I don't want to watch that comedy again, and... Yeah. Then you go, oh, it's 10 o'clock. Maybe I left this a bit late now. Yeah, yeah. So you say, I'm saving yeah. all of that trouble by picking out the gems. That's it. So you don't need to worry about that because, uh, yeah, the, the best the best sort of six films on free-to-air TV this week will be in Howard's uh, selections coming up a bit later on this here show. We also feature a film that Howard deems too good to be forgotten. We will hear about that a bit later. But before all that, we look at the new releases on streaming services. And before all that the new releases in the cinema. So both of these films out on the 2nd of December. And uh, Howard, uh, where are we starting? We're starting with The Infernal Machine and the, the very brilliant actor Guy Pierce. Oh, Neighbours uh, Guy Pierce. You know, I was going to say, the poor lad never... I would have said the poor lad never lives that down, but he doesn't seem to mind because he came back. I don't follow Neighbours, but... It ended recently, and he went back. You clearly don't for follow Neighbours. It's well, back. it's coming back. Amazon, yeah. Amazon I believe. Uh, yeah, Amazon yeah, yeah. Freebie are are, yeah, um, yeah. are going to be showing it from next year, I believe. Yeah. Um, but but no, but it did go, and he was in what was the last episode. I, I think. I just love the way he owned it. He came back. He didn't say, "I'm a big Hollywood star. I'm not doing that." And again, I had to read about this because I don't watch it. But I think he re-engaged with the same character who he went out with. In the original version, all those yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah. I thought that was so. Mike and Jane brilliant. were the, yeah. were the, were the lo- loves young couple. I, mean, of I still the time. didn't watch it, but I thought it was brilliant. You know <laughs> that he did that. It's good for him. I want to know if Russell Crowe yeah. was back in it because he was in Neighbours for a was time. Was he? Yeah. Oh. Um, and, and in fact, just about every famous Australian actor you can think of has been in Neighbours at it's some point. It's a bit like years ago with British actors. They were always in Minder and The Bill yeah. and uh, EastEnders. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah. If Dennis Waterman hadn't punched them on screen, they weren't worth knowing. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, The Infernal Machine, Guy yes. Pierce is in there. He's not the only one in there, is he? No, he's not. So, you've got Alice Eve, Jeremy Davis, and Alex Pettifer backing you know, him up. I didn't know who Alice Eve's father is. Oh, is it Trevor Eve? Trevor Eve. Yes, yes, yeah, indeed. Didn't know that. Yeah, isn't she the Bridgerton person? Am I getting completely mixed up? Oh, oh. I threw that at you like a grenade, didn't I? I, I should will, have done my research. I will answer that knowledgeably as soon as yeah, I looked yeah. it up. You carry yeah. on. I can, hear the, I can hear the mouse scrolling along the table while you're checking. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Uh, Jeremy Davis as well is in it. Uh, now, Guy plays a character called Bruce Cogburn. Not Rooster Cogburn, not True Grit, but Bruce. He's a reclusive and controvers- controversial author, aren't we all? <laughs> um, of, the, of a famed book called The Infernal Machine and he's drawn out of hiding when he begins to receive endless letters from an obsessive fan so the idea behind this is that he's written something that from the look of the trailer because obviously we haven't seen it yet um, it seems to have inspired a killer that killer is now behind bars and someone is stalking Guy 
Uh, but it's presumably not the killer because he's still behind bars. And so we have to find out what's going on, who's doing what to whom and why. So, yeah, typical psych thriller. Um, you know, it's the sort of uh, shady figure in the in the shadows overwatching our guy and sending him, <laughs> literally our guy, our guy guy. And well, whenever him. I hear somebody say something about in the, being in the shadows, I always think, what, we're Hank Marvin? <laughs> I was going to say what we do in the shadows there, no. which is my favourite spoof vampire mockumentary. So yeah, but um, but yeah, so it's. I mean, the trailer looks quite good. I think Guy Pearce is one of those actors where you kind of go, yeah, he's going to be good, whatever it is. The film might not be amazing, but you know the acting will be very good, and he's done a lot of great stuff. And I've liked him a lot ever since Elliot Confidential, which is always an absolute classic. He, he, I mean, to be fair, he's been in a lot. Of, Memento, he was yeah, wonderful in that. Um, <clears throat> An early Nolan movie, wasn't it? Christopher y- Nolan, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan, not the not, not the, the Nolan sisters. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say an early Nolan's movie. Yeah. I'd love to see an early Nolan's movie. I'd love to know if Christopher Nolan is one of the Nolans, to That's be fair. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he's in the mood for dancing. It's like a sequel to the Nolan's movie, Nolan's The Revenge. Yeah, yeah. Nolan's too. We should have put the echo on. Nolan's The Revenge. Oh, hang on, I'll do that. Hang on, okay. go, go for it. Go for it. Nolan's The Revenge. I'd pay to watch that. Yeah, yeah. Max Hartington gets very upset that, that we use his effect there. Oh, and, it's his. And I keep oh. pointing out that, that it's also used better than when he... He always messes it up. You <laughs> did tell me. Yeah, bless him. <laughs> Hello, Max. You know, sorry, right. sorry, Max. Mate. Yeah, 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 whatever. You'll get it right eventually. Um, I think you might be thinking about Belgravia, which is a thing that Alice Eve has done recently. Oh, yes, that is also a costume yes, thing. Looks I like am. maybe a you're similar right. setting to Bridget. <clears throat> in my ignorance, I've not watched either of those things because they're not my kind of cup of tea. But yes, you're absolutely right. She's in that one as opposed to the other costume thing. Yeah. Yes, got it completely wrong, but I do know that... No, 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 you question. didn't get it completely wrong. You you, you got it half right, in a yeah. way. It oh, be, yeah. begins with I'll a B, and it involves corsets. I'm like the broken clock that's right twice a day, you know, and I'm sort of half right every now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's The Infernal Machine. Okay. And Guy Pearce. So that's one of the two movies that we're talking about that is uh, released on the 2nd of December. There are other films out as well, but these are the ones that are most likely to be on it in our local cinemas. The second one, now this one looks interesting. It does, And bonkers, but also fun. So it's Violent Night, which I think I could probably subtitle Die Hard in a Santa Suit. It is. It's, it's kind of a mix between Die Hard and Bad Santa. It is a bit. And, and I think it's like looking at the trailer, it looks like it actually is Santa involved. So basically it involves um, a bunch of villains led by John Leguizamo, who's still doing Benny Blanco from the Bronx, you know, in uh, <laughs> in uh, the, uh, the Al Pacino movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, um, yeah, so he's he's one of the villains. They break into um, the, a house to take their family hostage and they want the money or the jewels or whatever's in the safe and Santa arrives. And he, it's a bit like Die Hard in that, you know, how um, the, the, the lead character Die Hard is in the building when this is all kicking off and he has to um, take retribution against these uh, tough guys. But it's Santa who's doing the kicking of the, of the derriers in question. You know, and uh, it just looked absolutely mad, but probably good fun. Yeah, uh, one of those things where you kind of it's a it's a dark comedy because the violence is quite sort of graphically uh, shown even on the trailer. Yeah, um, and it stars David Harbour. I said um, John Leguizamo, um, Cam Gidante, uh, is it? Uh, uh, Gidante, uh, get back, get out of here. Gidjan Day, Gidjan Day, good on you. Alex Hassel, Alexis Lauder, Leah Brady. Edie Patterson and Beverly D'Angelo. Do you remember her? Uh, yeah, wasn't she the mum in the risky um, business she was in years ago? Okay, uh, I was going to say, wasn't she also the mum in the National Lampoon Vacation movies with ah, Chevy Chase? 
I think she played Chevy Chase's wife in those ah, movies. Good spot. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So, so I hadn't appreciated when I when I I didn't pay that much attention. I assumed that this was like some kind of like you know department store Santa who happened to have yes. a particular set of skills. I didn't exactly. realise that, that the fantasy element of this is that he's actually Santa. He is, and I don't know whether I prefer because I thought exactly like you. I thought he's going to be I don't know like the ex CIA guy guy guy, guy, guy by the yeah. way. Yeah, we're not questioning gay or straight. Doesn't matter. Doesn't to us. matter to no. us. Just my mispronunciation of the word guy. We've I not thought, outed Santa, by the way. No. Oh, we're not supposed to do that. No, no, no. We're not, it, it's, it, that's his business. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's about time he yeah. told everybody. But anyway, um, yes, like you, I thought he was a pretend Santa who just happened to be X, whatever, special yeah. forces. Yeah. But it's the real dude. So it's Santa beating well, everybody up. I mean, you know, why not? Why not? Why not? Exactly. Because he has a naughty list, you know, and maybe it'll make those There kids... is a line in there yeah. about the naughty list. He's like, you're on my naughty list, you know, and uh, delivered a bit like Clint Eastwood might if he was playing a mad real Santa killing people who've broken into somebody's house. Yeah. Do, do, so, do any of the, like, the, the reindeers kind of back him up? I mean, I, I want to know if, if... I really hope so. You know, Donner really. and Blitzen have certain set of skills yeah. as well. I, yeah, someone like Prancer turns out to be really tough. Yeah. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, machine gun toting. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- uh, th- maybe they sharpen up the antlers. I, I think Rudolph's nose could be some sort of you know um, night vision. Yeah, aid. Yeah, Rudolph with your nose so bright, get a bead on that guy. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> We've just written the sequel. We have. We have. <laughs> <laughs> get that. Someone copyright that really quick. I mean, we could just do the. We That's your next novel. Santa. That's your next novel, damn, right there. Damn it is. Yeah. There we go. Off we go. You know, you Who could ask your mate Lee when... Sampson to write a write, write a bit of a, an intro to it or something. Yeah, I'd you know? be like, Lee, could you give me some martial arts moves? Yeah, no problem, mate. Ones that reindeers could perform easily and like at night on a roof. I imagine he'd say, "How did you know about that?" Yeah, he, yeah. I'll get him in as a consultant, and he can yeah. show me how to give reindeer martial arts. Okay, uh, reindeer course. games. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Violent Night. Violent Night. Check it yeah. out. Violent Night Two. The the literary sequel will be hitting all bad bookshops uh, <laughs> sometime in the in the and future. Some mediocre ones as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Violent Night, the movie with David Harbour from Stranger Things. Yes, as well. yes. I should have um, pointed that out. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, and so I should have also mentioned should have mentioned John Leguizamo for Carlitos Way. For anybody wondering why I said Benny Branco from the Bronx, Bronx, sorry, I can't pronounce anything today. I've not been to the pub before this, I promise. (laughs) But yeah, I like John Leguizamo, he's really good. And uh, I'm sure he'll bring some skills to this. Yeah, Uh, we mentioned him in the film guide very recently because there's a... Oh yes, because he's in the film The Menu that was out a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And uh, he plays a character called Movie Star. And, like and we were sort of speculating as to how far back in his career did he have to go to be able to remember what one of those oh, was. Oh, oh, harsh. Oh, John. Oh, John. Sorry, mate. Which yeah. is possibly why he no longer listens to this show. Yeah, possibly. Sorry. But his lawyers might be. So yeah. I think we should point out what a talented man he is. <laughs> Do you know what? I think he's been quite good. And, he, and he's got a bit of a range as well. Do you remember him in uh, Tu Wong Fu? The, the thing where he, he played um, uh, he played a drag queen in that oh. uh, alongside uh, Patrick Swayze and oh, I can't remember who else was in it now but it was so that was the one that came out after the success of Priscilla Queen of the Desert that starred our very own Guy Guy Pierce. I, th- I think there it's one go. of those things where you know often there are two movies that seem to cover similar ground yeah. at, around at a similar Wesley Snipes was the other one in To Wong Fu that oh. they, three of them played uh, dra- uh, drag queens a drag act yeah yeah um, and uh, yeah but anyway uh, yes as you said there it all goes on because uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert with Neighbours Guy Pierce. indeed uh, okay uh, so uh, those are your uh, new cinema releases for the week 
Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Time now to look at uh, new releases on the streaming services. We've got two for you this week. We're going to start off with one that's out uh, from Netflix and it is another adaptation of Lady Chatterley's Lover. Yes, the key word there being another adaptation. So the question is going to be do we need another one? Um, this is a brand new version for uh, straight onto Netflix. It stars Emma Corrin from The Crown, famous for playing uh, Diana, Princess Diana, and Jack O'Connell, famous for lots of things. Um, but yeah, that, that was when I first saw this was coming again. Although they're both very talented, and I'm sure it's good and everything, I did question the need for another version of Lady Chatley's Lover because there have been several, and I do wonder if the source material is as perhaps as interesting or as controversial as it was way back in the day when uh, my very own Penguin publisher had to go to court over it and they tried to ban the book. Um, and then back then, people were reading it surreptitiously, weren't they? And uh, they tried to ban the story under obscenity laws. Mm. According to my list here, and I do not believe that this is an exhaustive list, but there's no. been at least five adaptations in the last 40 years. Yes, so that whole story, <clears throat> Lady Chatley married to presumably Lord Chatley, or whatever his title is, and he is uh, in a wheelchair, uh, and you know they can't be together. So she then falls for uh, I was going to say the gardener, but he's the um, is he the groundsman the, or something. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yes, he is. He's the groundsman, absolutely. And uh, then they have passionate clinches all over the place. But it would have been daring back in the day. But is it? I mean, I know it's more like a historical curio, really, isn't it? And um, it'll be interesting to see how they do this. Also, in the in the slightly different era now, where they have all these um, rules and regulations about being very careful about how they roll around together and also how they make intimacy coordinators yeah, yeah. and all this kind of thing. So they've been talking about that as well in the interviews. I read one or two where they're kind of saying, "Yeah, no, it is. It's very racing and spicy, and it's good to watch and sexy and da da da." But we also had intimacy coordinators, and we were, you know, sort of prescriptive about what we did and what we didn't do. So. I don't know. It'll be fascinating to see if it works or if anyone... I don't mean it's as dismissive as it's going to sound, but if anyone cares about an adaptation of Lady Chatley's Lover in 2022... I, I mean, you can only imagine, really, that by today's standards, this would be considered considerably tame. Pretty tame, exactly, uh, yes. Interesting yeah. to see Jolie yeah. Richardson in the cast because she played she, Lady she Chatley... Was, uh, was that with Sean Bean? Yeah, I believe it I was. remember yeah. that, yeah. From back in the... Hi, my lady. Hi. <laughs> Get the inter- shed, my lady. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Can I just point out that Sean Bean's not here? That was actually... That was actually me. Yes, that was Howard yeah. Linsky. But, Spooky as it may sound. Yeah, hey, yeah. my lady. And if any, yeah. any kind of casting director listening Howard Linsky is 50 quid cheaper than yeah, at Sean least Bean. 50 quid cheaper yeah. than Sean Bean yeah. yes I am so uh, yeah so the 1993 cheaper. BBC miniseries uh, was, was the, where Jolie Richardson Just, uh, played I, Lady Chatterley can I caution you as well about this version uh, in the words of the barrister who was trying to get the um, book banned in the early 60s uh, is this actually something you would want your wife or servants to watch 
you should ask yourself that question before you tune in. I'm, I'm gonna, I am yeah. gonna consider that now. Yeah, or servants. I love that. Great line. I think that's when he lost the case. Actually, <laughs> he was a little bit out of touch. <laughs> I mean, the cynic in me wonders if even back then, having some this kind of level of notoriety in a legal case, it was just a, a sort of a marketing oh, dream. I mean, it, it, whether they intended it or not, it certainly became one because uh, people were passing the book around and you know buying copies and. Read, reading them surreptitiously and uh, yeah it's certainly everybody's had a lady chat is a little bit surely I mean I, I would have thought everyone over a certain age would, would know it because yes. it's um, you know it's the notoriety of it isn't it indeed uh, but uh, but anyway uh, yeah there you go but compared uh, to Fifty Shades or whatever <laughs> it's probably quite uh, mild now well, yes, yes, quite, quite, quite probably. But anyway, uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover, uh, the, the latest version, uh, is out on, on Netflix, and then also out uh, from uh, from Prime Video. We have on the second of December. We have Your Christmas or Mine. Yes, that's um, uh, got. Well, it stars Asa Butterfield, who you might recognise from Asher Butterfield. Is it Asher? Asher. Oh well, why isn't there a H in there? I am exactly properly. Exactly. If his name's not Asa. Then why is it spelled yeah. A S? Oh, honestly, come we on. Should, uh, no, yeah, sorry, yeah. I didn't touch you. You were about no, to no, tell us who I'm, he is. I'm glad you did because I often, I, like, typical of people my age, I often see things written down, and I don't necessarily hear them, you know, pronounced. So hence me getting it wrong. But anyway, he's the lad in uh, Sex Education, the, the the main lead character that goes through all of the embarrassing. Um, yeah, you know, and this and this might well be another embarrassing incident, but we'll see. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, he was also um he was the boy the boy in the striped pajamas. He he started ah, that. Um, yes. He was in Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. He he's had a bit of a yes, big screen a career, uh, end, yeah. Ender's Game, which was quite um a, a, I think it was somewhat controversial sci-fi movie. He was he was the star of that alongside oh, what Harrison was controversial Ford. about that? Can you recall? I think it was to do with the author. I don't think the story itself oh. was controversial. I think the author had come out with some very controversial things oh. subsequent. Blooming authors, you just can't trust. Yeah, I know, can you? I know. Um, so he, yeah, he done all those <clears throat> things, and then yeah, more recently, the star of Sex Education. Ah, oh well, anyway, so he's so he's got himself a, a lead role in a Christmas rom com, and uh, he and uh, his co star play a young student couple who are both scheduled to set off on separate trains to go to their respective homes, and as they're saying goodbye, they're both saying, "Oh, it's terrible. We won't see each other for three weeks." You know miss you already darling kind of thing they both get on their respective trains just before those trains are about to pull out they both decide simultaneously and independently to leave their trains and cross over to the other person's train thus missing one another the train doors then close and off they go and they are forced to spend christmas with their respective families but without each other and then the snow falls and they're snowed up and yeah okay you've got to suspend your belief on this one (laughs) But uh, yeah, so the idea is that one of them ends up in a nice place where the family are celebrating Christmas and they're welcomed in with open arms, and the other one you can barely spot that it's Christmas at all. So I should imagine their interactions lead to a better understanding of the spirit of Christmas amongst them. And uh, let's gloss over the fact that they have both independently invited themselves to spend Christmas with the families of their other halves without checking with them. Mm. It's a little cheeky, but you know. So that's the setup anyway. So this, at first glance, sounds like millions of other Christmas movies. That there are channels that have been showing these movies on on, on constant repeat oh, yeah, for months now. Yeah. All those sort of hallmark Christmas movies that, yes. which all seem to invariably have the same kind of storyline and plot. However, this one's British. Most of those are American, yeah. and it does seem to have a, a 
reasonably respectable cast. Uh, um, Asher Butterfield, as you mentioned, uh, Daniel Mays is in it as well. Um, we've got David Bradley, Harriet Water, all these people who are quite well-known TV actors yeah. that, that have all been in you yeah. know, lots of different things. And um, that does seem to set it apart because often the, these American ones, it's it's very pretty people that you may never heard of and one you might have kind of recognised who was That's once true. in Dallas or something <coughs> yes, like that. Yes, or you, you do get the impression some of those people are either, um, well, some of them are toward the tail end of their careers and so they get the part and others, you know, cast you've never actually heard of. Um, and they, they, But they are of a certain type. They deliver a certain upbeat romantic Christmas message. It's not for an old cynic like me, but if you like that kind of thing, and fair play to you, and you might like your Christmas or mine. And in fairness, the cast of this might just elevate it from your usual kind of... Might make it a little more charming. Straight to DVD Christmas movie. Yes, indeed. Um, because now, of course, this is this is a a, a streaming original, which I think yes. is the modern day equivalent of straight to DVD. On in some instances, yeah, you're right. Uh, apart from the fact that Netflix do chuck some money at these things, don't they? So yeah, yeah. And, and often the cinematic release that they do is only for a week. Hence the Knives Out sequel. It's going to be in the cinema for just a week, and then it's on Netflix on which then qualifies Christmas it for award, for award ceremonies. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, okay, so that that's um, th- well. Those are your two releases on original, um, th- yeah, streaming service originals. I think. Yes. So one for Netflix, one for Prime Video. The Film Guide with Howard Linsky, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Part three of the film guide is here now, and it is uh, where uh, Howard Linsky finds another film that is deemed too good to be forgotten. That's how it's done, Max Hartington. Yeah, well, there you go. Listen and learn, mate. <laughs> so, uh, each month, Howard picks a film that, in his opinion, is too good to be forgotten. And tell us about today's movie. I shall. And I'll start, as I always do, by asking if you've seen this one. It's To Live and Die in L.A. I have. I thought you would have done. This is a good one. It's um, described as an American neo-noir action crime thriller film, which is a bit of a mouthful. But, yeah, um, hard-boiled crime stuff, really. And it's a, a film from 1985 which I got, I remember getting this out on uh, video, that's how ancient I am, back in the day, and watching it with some flatmates, and we all went, whoa, that was really pretty amazing. I think we ended up watching it twice, partly because the first time drink was taken <laughs> while we were watching it, but uh, we, we came away impressed. Um, so it's directed and co-written by William Friedkin, who was a, a, a biggish name director back in, then, uh, back in the day, uh, based on a novel by a former U.S. Secret Service agent just, called Gerald Petchevich. Sorry, just to say, William Friedkin, for those yeah. who aren't sure, he was the director of The French Connection he and was, The yes. Exorcist, amongst others. Yeah, so that massive stuff. And although this was uh, a smaller hit, it, it did seem to resonate with people. I don't think it made mega bucks at the box office, but it was probably a little too gritty to do that. But it was a, a really good one on his CV. So it features William Peterson in the lead role, an early uh, backup supporting role from Willem Dafoe um, a year or two before he broke out in Platoon. And John Pankow is in it. And uh, it's also well known for Wang Chung having composed and performed. D- Dance the Whole Days, wasn't it? Dance it was from that movie. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those quirky things that you're like, oh, yes, they did the soundtrack. Yeah. So it's it, the movie's about two Secret Service agents who attempted to arrest a counterfeiter. Who ha- uh, Willem Dafoe plays the counterfeiter, very uh, idiosyncratic guy. He's a, um, uh, temperamental. He's an artist, and if he doesn't get his counterfeiting stuff right, he burns it. Uh, but he's also extremely violent. So, one, basically, William Peterson's uh, partner is killed 
Kel Surprise just a few days before retiring and uh, William Peterson's character now goes on a bit of a revenge mission with a view to bringing down Willem Dafoe and, and he uses people and he bends and in cases breaks the law in order to try and bring this guy down and his partner, his new partner is uh, you know a, a bit of a do it by the book kind of guy who is dragged along with him uh, and I guess if I tell you more about the plot, it kind of ruins it. Yeah. But it's gritty stuff. It's well acted. It's different. The ending's pretty uh, out there, a bit explosive, a bit different. And well worth a, a look if you like your hard-boiled crime. And and you mentioned about uh, Willem Dafoe being there kind of before he, he kind of hit the big time. Yeah. You've got other people there in small roles, which you could argue is a similar thing. John Turturro's in this oh, as yes, well. Oh, yes, he is, yeah, in a supporting um, role. Yeah. In a supporting role, yeah. And um, so it's Jane Leaves, who uh, is credited as a dancer. Now, you may think to yourself, I don't know if I know the name. Mm. She was Daphne in Frasier. Oh, I was going to say, was that Daphne? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She had yeah. a very small part in this, oh, although wow. she's listed third here in the cast. But I, I don't course, think she was in As soon as I mentioned Wang Chung, I remembered that Frazier did a thing where it was one of his lines where he went, everybody have fun tonight. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. So there you go. There's the Wang Chung connection. Little link there. Maybe Daphne whispered that in his ear before he went on and did that line. And also the great actor Dean Stockwell's in this as well. I like Dean Um, Stockwell, yeah. Very very good. good. Uh, And Robert Downey Senior is in this, the father of Robert Downey Junior. But but yeah, it it is quite gritty, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, dark and yeah. And I think it's gone on to become quite um, quite a classic, isn't it? This is quite a quite a very critically acclaimed movie and and quite a classic. Yeah, and I think for for my generation and maybe a few people a bit younger, yes. But I think it has been a bit neglected of late because it is nearly forty years old and. uh, I don't know. I just wanted to give it a shout out I'm to not make sure, it, sure that other people know about it. You know, I'm not sure it necessarily crops up on TV very often. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, um, and, and I don't know if that's because some of the subject material. So, for example, the lead character that William Peterson plays more or less blackmails uh, one of the female characters in it into a kind of abusive relationship where she by, by she gives him information, but there's also a sexual element that she's pretty much, I guess, coerced into. Yeah, you know, she's reliant on him. So maybe that's a little bit sensitive for this day and age to depict that even if that was kind of a a gritty plot line for a movie back in the 80s I think also I think sometimes movies struggle to find an audience with like mainstream television channels and what have you where the main protagonist is is somewhat grey yeah you know that that there is because you don't don't really know he's not really a it's, it's diff- it would be very much of a stretch to call him a good guy. Oh, it is. It's one of those, am I supposed to like this guy or not yeah. questions when you're watching it. And, yeah. Uh, and it does reveal that throughout the movie that he's sketchy. Yeah. And William Peterson, people, see now, I, I wonder how many people would be aware of him. If, you know, those over a certain age would yeah. maybe know him from CSI. He was the star of CSI yeah, for many years. Yeah, Manhunter as well. Uh, yeah, so around about the, this time. Silence of the Lambs prequel thing tv movie wasn't it based yeah. on the the book before silence it was based on the book red dragon and he yes. was the person who played the fbi profiler um and was it brian cox of course Correct, now from yes. succession who played yeah. hannibal lecter and later on they remade it with ed norton playing that role that's it and and getting the original hannibal lecter back in and then the tv Andy series Hopkins. hannibal with mads mickelson um, oh, yes. followed the same ground and had the english actor whose name i now cannot think of to save my life but he played the um, character that William Peterson played in that movie um, uh, I'm drawing a blank sorry I've only ever seen an episode of that and I never got around to Hugh watching Dancy. more of it Hugh Dancy oh yes uh, yeah, um, but but yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, the, the, yeah, William Peterson had had starred in a few quite kind of classic 
uh, movies, but but perhaps yeah, was not the big star because no, he wasn't like very... the big star leading man. But you chuck him in as a lead, and he's good. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. He was very enig- enigmatic, um, yeah. sort of uh, guy. But yes, to live and die in LA. What a what a cracker to suggest there. Uh, uh, Thank you. Not that you need it, but I fully approve. There you go. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. The final part of the St Albans Film Guide always looks at the best films to watch on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. And Howard Linsky has—he's uh, he, not—he's not pulling his punches. He, he's hitting us with some pretty, pretty strong, compelling movies to to watch. And we start off with uh, the the film for the the film choice for Friday the second of December. Uh, we've got uh, 1:50 a.m. So technically into Saturday morning, very late Friday night on Channel Four. We have Misery. Yes, yeah. I, as an author, this one's probably going to be more traumatic from for for them than anybody else. Um, Misery is famously about an author who runs his car off the road. Um, it's James Khan. He ends up severely injured, but he's rescued, if that is the correct word, by Kathy Bates's character, who um, brings him back to her cabin in the in the woods and the snow everywhere and um she you know looks after him and then it turns out that she is his number one fan which leads to complications because he's he's been writing about a particular character called misery chastain in various romance novels for years and uh he said well you can read my new one if you like i've just finished it and it turns out he has killed off the character and she goes loopy um and complications ensue I, I suspect most people have seen it, but it's well worth another look. Um, and it's, uh, you know, based on a Stephen King book. So there's an author writing about an author, as he often does Stephen King, actually. Quite a lot of his characters are so authors, aren't right, they? Write what you know. Yes, write what you know and are terrified of, I should imagine. <laughs> Who would want to be kidnapped by your, your biggest fan, particularly when she's wielding uh, hammers and axes and things at you? Isn't this yeah. sort of part of the beauty of Stephen King as an author? Because... He's most well known for horror films. The casual fans would think, oh, he's the horror writer. Yet he's written probably at least as many books that are not horror. Yeah, like Shawshank Redemption and Stand By Me, based on his, his stories that weren't yeah. horror. But he's a he's mm. a very wide-ranging author of all kinds of different genres. But and, he's and this isn't well known horror, as a horror in, in, in no? that sense. Psychological. But this, but this is a, this yeah. a blooming scary movie. Yeah. When she decides to stop him from running away, that's the bit that everybody <sighs> remembers. Oh. Yeah. You even gasped at the, at the memory yeah. of that one. I got a gasp. And and, and of course, uh, yeah, based on the novel, and in turn, I believe that was adapted into a stage play uh, because it was put on locally some years ago. A friend yeah. of mine played the James Khan character. I've actually seen it on the West End. Would you believe years ago? I don't think my yeah. friend was in that one. He was down at the Abbey Theatre. It was the actress who was in Cagney and Lacey, and I forgot Sharon Gless or Time Daly. Sharon Gless, right? She was in it, and uh, oh, Scottish actor Bill. 
Bill McDonald? No. We're going to go through every Scottish surname and I'm going to get it wrong. Yeah. He was in the Crow Road as the dad and it will come back to me. But just not yet. Apologies. We'll move swiftly on. But no, but Misery, cracking movie. 1990 film, uh, Channel 4, 150 AM. Bill Patterson. That's the fella. Thank you for rescuing me there. I yeah. should know my agent's surname is Patterson, for heaven's sake. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so misery. As an author, does this is this even scarier for you? To be honest, I, I'm way off that level of recognition, <laughs> so I'm fine with it. But uh, but yeah, I suppose it would be. We do occasionally joke when, when, when authors get together or if we're messaging each other on when you're Fist. mocking your fans yeah well what, what we're talking about our lovely fans and somebody goes yeah yeah, yeah this was nice but uh how do you feel about this and we just we can't help it we send the kathy bates picture and go it's your number one fan you know when someone says oh i loved your book and usually it's some poor female author being offered the chance to have a coffee yeah. with someone and you're like oh actually you, do you realize you're probably frightening her now kathy you know? bates is to authors what uh, glenn close is to philanderers like it yeah. yeah so if you're a philandering author then you, you really are in trouble <laughs> those days are behind you though aren't they yes I'm far too old for yeah, philandering yeah. possibly authoring <laughs> no, I just do film podcasts oh. <laughs> no you've been elevated to the position exactly. you've not, not settled for you've been elevated well, to I've been promoted yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> anyway uh, the first film choice of the week is the classic movie Misery uh, from uh, 1990 no less oh the other thing I was going to mention about Misery is am I right in thinking the director of it um, is and, and Rob Reiner, isn't it? Rob Reiner. Yeah. What a diverse director. Yeah, he I is think immensely. Once yeah. before you mentioned how diverse Ridley Scott is, the, yes. the, the different types of genres that Ridley Scott has covered. I mean, Rob Reiner, who, who did When Harry Met Sally and yep. uh, This is Spinal Tap. Yeah, Spinal Tap in particular, yeah. And, and did Misery. he do The Princess Bride as well, or am I getting mixed up? Uh, I think he, no, I think he did. Yeah, I, I think. but he, uh, yeah, amazingly diverse um, director. Yeah, yeah. And he, funny enough that you mentioned Ridley Scott. <laughs> I know. Our it's next as, one. <laughs> it's as if it's as if I've read ahead, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, because, Taking me up. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, misery. Just to conclude, Friday the second of December, one fifty a.m. So technically, wee small hours of Saturday morning, but it's Channel Four, and that's our Friday choice. On Saturday proper, 3rd of December, 9pm on Paramount, one of those many uh, diverse films that has been produced by Ridley Scott, it is Black Hawk Down. Yes, directed and produced by Ridley Scott. So, 2001 war film. Uh, It's like, well, not just our war film in terms of it being based on some fictional gung-ho thing. This is actually based on a real-life story about a US raid in 1993 in Mogadishu when a Black Hawk helicopter was shot down and people had to uh, try and rescue the guys that were in it and it was basically a bit of a disaster the whole thing because people died uh the the american forces were kind of overrun by uh the uh the well the the, the insurgents i suppose is probably the correct word that you would use for the the people who were up against them and so it tells the true story uh with an uh, an ensemble cast which was big names in it i mean some of them were big names at the time. Someone, some of them went on to be bigger. You've got Josh Hartnett, Ewan McGregor, Eric Banner, if you remember him, Tom Sizemore, uh, Jason Isaacs is in it, Sam Shepard is in it. Uh, and I never, I'm never quite sure how to pronounce this, but Ewan Grufford. I think that's as it. In Hornblower. Uh, Ewan Bremner. Uh, train spotting. Yep, Hugh Dancy, I we, think who we've already given a mention to. It's as Just, if it's yeah. all planned, isn't it's it? It's all teed up. Yeah. And Tom Hardy in his first film role. There okay. you go. Uh, oh, and Orlando Bloom's in it as well. And uh, again, uh, how the hell do you pronounce this? But Nicolaj Costa Waldo, who is in uh, Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, one of the main people in Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, everyone's in it basically. Yeah, so. J- Jamie Lannister, I that's think correct. that's who he yes, was. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Ty Burrell from um, from Modern Family. Uh, ah, right. Very small role for him. Yep. Uh, yeah, so so lots of people in there. Really, really good film. Very, um, is, yeah. very hard yeah. hitting and very well done. Large <clears throat> ensemble cast used most effectively by Ridley Scott. That's uh, Black Hawk Down, 9pm on Paramount, Saturday the 3rd of December. Let's circle back slightly um, to Rob Reiner from um, The Previous from Misery. You were right, he did do The Princess oh, Bride. Thankfully. Yeah. And also, Stand By Me, that we mentioned. Yes. Oh no, we mentioned that off air earlier, didn't we? We didn't mention oh, that on the, sh- on the show. Gosh, who, it, the trouble is we just chat away, don't we? Pla- we mentioned that in one of our planning meetings. If we ever remember, we turn the mics on and yeah. record these. <laughs> Otherwise <laughs> we just like, chat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but yes, yeah, so he, he also did The American President. He also did um, A Few Good Men. Yeah, what that's a, another what, one that's very and what a great movie yeah you know, what, nice. a, what a diverse director though you yes. know to, to think he, he's kind of hit, hit all those different genres so so well and so effective him and Stephen Frears I think are the two where it doesn't you know you're never going to get the genre just by saying it's a new Stephen Frears yeah. movie or a new Rob Reiner movie they could Deliver us more or less anything, yeah. and and Ridley Scott, of course, would fit Indeed. into that because you you could look at certain directors if you said, oh, there's this great Tarantino film straight away, you yeah, know you what know exactly sort of what film gonna it's going to be, <clears throat> yeah. Broadly speaking, um, yes. But whereas these other other guys, yeah, very diverse and and makes f- for interesting filmmaking and excellent films generally. All the ones we just mentioned there, Rob Reiner done yeah. it brilliant. Now I've got a feeling as well that's not the last mention of Ridley Scott. This this time around, but we will we will come. We might well be coming back to Indeed. him. Indeed. Uh, so you see, one of us has read your notes, even yeah. if you haven't. I was, you know, I'm so senile. I only wrote them a couple of days ago, and I'm like, oh, 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 I had to look at my notes. Again. Is this a surprise uh, to you? Uh, yeah, you're right there, Danny. Yes, we were <laughs> mentioning Ridley Scott again. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I was actually thinking, surely not in the next one that you're about to mention. I don't remember Ridley getting involved in this one. I don't believe he did. <laughs> uh, so the next film, which is Sunday, the fourth of December's choice, uh, six thirty-five p.m. on Film Four, The Devil Wears Prada. Yes, written and directed by Ridley Scott. No. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Directed by David Frankel. It's actually based on a book by a woman who worked in the fashion industry, which caused quite a lot of interest at the time um, because she worked for the uh, for Anna Wintour, who's the legendary editor of Vogue. So Mer- Meryl Streep's character, Miranda Priestley, was meant to be um, based on Anna Wintour, who um, hilariously is, is nicknamed Nuclear Winter which because uh, she was a bit of a diva um, and I think that's quite well known I don't think we're going to be the person she homes in on to sue over that one um, but if she does sorry Anna just joking anyway uh, Meryl Streep's really good as this kind of diva editor of a powerful fashion magazine Anne Hathaway equally good in this plays Andy Sachs who is a college graduate who wants to be uh, a journalist but she wants to be a serious journalist and she ends up with a job as an assistant to the aforementioned Miranda Priestley, who makes her life hell by being very demanding and extremely cutting about everything that um, she either does, wears or says. Um, and it creates this sort of comedy, but also a bit of a, uh, a whole dynamic going on between the new world that Anne Hathaway's character is mixing in compared to the old world, where she has a boyfriend she now no longer sees, um, and just what her real ambitions are and where she's going with them. Good supporting player from Emily Blunt, who is the other assistant, and Stanley Tucci as well is very good in this as one of the, um, I guess he would be like a fashion editor below the uh, main editor, uh, and it's it's very good. I, it's kind of thing. I when I first saw that, I thought yeah, I'm not going to enjoy this. It's not really my world. Fashion magazines and women being a bit mean to each other, but it's very very good. Good comedy and good, isn't it? Uh, isn't drama. it delightful when a film that you you think well that's not for me. I'm never going to intend watching it, but yeah. then you end up. 
seeing it somewhere, perhaps where you don't get a lot of choice in it when you're watching it, and then you quite enjoy it. Yeah, and you if, think, you know if, what, I'm glad that I was made to watch that because exactly. I quite enjoyed it. Either because you've read so many reviews that say it's good, or because maybe your family members put it on, mm. and you're like, oh, well, actually, you watch it, I'm fine, I'll just yeah, yeah, know, do yeah. something else or whatever. And then you go, actually, this is really good. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. Okay. That's if you the, haven't seen it already. That's The Devil Wears Prada, 6.35pm on Film 4, Sunday the 4th of December. Not a film that I would have associated with being one that Howard Linsky would choose. There you go. I surprise you occasionally. Much unlike the oh, next one. Okay, which, maybe not if then. If ever there was a, a, a Howard Linsky movie, it would be this one. 11pm on Paramount, uh, Harry Brown Harry from Brown. This yeah. is Monday the 5th of December. Yeah, so this is... Mark O'Kane. Um, <laughs> it's who, sir? Mark O'Kane. Oh, right. that, that was <laughs> that actually... Was terrible, wasn't it? That was Howard Linsky again. We didn't have Michael Caine in here. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, that's the world's he does, worst he does Michael Caine impression. He does hey, them do you know? Sean Bean, from Sean Bean to Michael Caine. Yeah. He does them all. Flawlessly. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, um, yeah. apologies to Michael Caine and everybody listening for that yeah. awful Michael Caine impression. But anyway, Michael Caine's in it, the, the excellent Michael Caine. Um, supported by Emily Mortimer, Jack O'Connell, and Liam Cunningham. Another appearance from Jack O'Connell, who, of course, was yeah. also in Lady Chatterley's Lover that you Indeed. mentioned earlier. It all, it all goes around in a circle. Whatever happened to Jack O'Connell? Well, he's in Lady Chatterley's Lover, so we've completed that circle. So Harry Brown is a widowed Royal Marines veteran, so effectively a former commando, who served in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. He's now an older guy. He's living on a rough London housing estate, rapidly descending into crime, you know, youth crime and gangs and drugs and a violent gang murders his friend so harry decides to take justice into his own hands now i guess that's a bit of a trope you know it's sort of almost in america it'd be clint eastwood playing that role probably it, i mean that it, kind it very of thing. much was like an, an english gran torino yes exactly it is but it's still good and mainly because michael Caine is watchable in more or less anything i mean i've, I've been a fan of michael Caine's acting for so many years even bad movies are elevated when he's in them but this isn't a bad movie it's a pretty good movie well worth a watch and I think Michael Caine is the ageing uh, ex-Royal Marine who's somewhat confused by the world around him but manages to react with force to um, come up against it uh, is you know it's it's his movie he carries the movie and he's ably supported in it and uh, well worth a watch it's it's one of those movies as well I, I'm pleased I saw it but I would never intend to watch it again I, th- I thought it was really hard hitting and, yeah, and bleak and, yeah. and and I didn't. I mean, I heard I heard Michael Caine being interviewed at the time saying, "Oh, this is what it's like on on housing estates these days." And I sort of thought, "How would you know?" But but well, uh, but I thought there might be elements of this movie that are. I'm sure all of it is real, and I'm sure yeah. you know all of it's happened in various <clears throat> times, and 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 it is pretty bleak. But I kind of. I, I want a movie with a bit more hope in it. Yeah, to be fair, it lacked hope. It certainly lacked laughs. Yeah. There's no rom-com, that's for sure. No. But what I do like about Michael Caine, bearing in mind he's been a movie star since the early to mid, mid to early 60s, or early to mid 60s, sorry, um, he occasionally will take that gritty role that people are a little bit shocked by as far back as playing Get Carter. Oh, yeah. Which, again, didn't do very well at the time. He also played the villain in Mona Lisa that we talked about the other yeah. you know, a few months back. We talked about Mona Lisa. In, and he's not a frightened to be an unsympathetic character that you would not like. Now, in this, he is more sympathetic, mm. but the surroundings are not. 
you know, you, you can't imagine your parents going, oh, let's watch this film. It's got Michael Caine in it. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be lovely. Uh, no, it's not that kind of movie. So, so Very I, gritty. I thought that, that yeah, Michael Caine was, was great, but that came as no surprise to me watching it because I know what he's capable of and, and he played that, that part incredibly well. He did. One of the standouts to me from this movie was uh, Ben Drew, who was known at the time under his music name of Plan B. He was oh, a yeah. rapper and singer and uh, he, was, he was just horrible. He played one of the, I think he was the gang leader. I think he was like the main Didn't villain. Did he go on to do the Sweeney sequel, yeah. which was less good, but at but least. But he you was know, okay in it. Off. He was all right. He yeah. was okay in it. He, <clears throat> yeah. he, he has some acting chops. And yeah. and he, um, yeah, yeah, and, and he, he was, because in this movie, he was just horrible. Mm. He was absolutely horrible. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and also um, Sean Harris, who's yes. been in a number of movies. He has, yeah. He, <clears throat> he was, I mean, really, they were all a bit, bit unpleasant. Yeah, you would not, if they were you would not want to meet the characters they were playing, but also they bring a certain level of real-life menace to the role. You know, yeah. they, they look they, they don't look like actors playing the part No, in those roles. They, they look pretty tough, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, a, a good cast, a very compelling story, very well acted, particularly by Michael Caine. Uh, but, but boy, is it hard-hitting and gritty. It is. So uh, you, you've been warned. You've been warned, yes. But if you like that sort of thing, yeah. then this is it. Uh, Michael Caine is Harry Brown. Uh, that's uh, Monday the 5th of December, 11pm on Paramount. Let's move to Tuesday the 6th of December, 9pm uh, on ITV4, Alien. Yes, the famous rom-com directed by <laughs> Ridley, Scott. Ridley Scott. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is a classic, isn't it? I mean, correctly, I almost don't need to tell you about it because surely everybody knows it's all about a commercial spacecraft called Nostromo that answers an alarm call, a distress signal, and uh, they, they go down and investigate, and uh, John Hurt's character ends up being attacked by that thing that clings to his face and then uh, exits him in a rather memorable scene later on. Uh, and then it becomes a, a battle for survival. So the, the, the cast and crew, which includes the really, well, some excellent actors. I mean, Sigourney Weaver's the lead, obviously. She's great in this. But you've also got Tom Skerritt, Veronica Cartwright, who I'm sure you'll recognise some other movies. Harry Dean Stanton, incomparable Harry Dean Stanton. Ian Holm, who's brilliant. And Yafet Kotto as well, who, um, amongst other things, did um, uh, the Bond movie, uh, oh, you, not you only live twice, and I'm getting mixed up. It's too. Um, he was in the. Oh, uh, Living Let the, Die. Thank you for saving me there. I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting senile. It's terrible. But, yeah, so that one, that Bond movie. <clears throat> so, yeah, they all are now. It's it's like, who's going to survive? How many of them are going to survive? How are they going to do this? Are they going to kill the alien as it roams the ship? And, uh, and it, it is so good. It still stands the test of yeah. time. And it's become a franchise, as we know, with variable mixed. Results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, I mean, and it's and it's one of those. Um, it, it's one of those often quoted movies where the sequel was the first sequel was at least as good as the original. Some would argue yeah. it eclipsed the original. Yes, I think I think I can never decide which one I like the best. They're different movies, really. Yeah, because one is a space oh. action movie, yeah, correct. and one is a space horror, yeah, and I think that's I think the difference so. between I think the that's two. It. What mood you're in? Yeah, but I agree with you. The second one was brilliant. Yeah, really, really brilliant. But, but a different type of they didn't go down the route of trying to make it another space horror film, um, no. that, which was probably a smart decision to make. You know, the, yeah. to go the direction that they went. And I love. I would love to have been in the pitch meeting where they went. Look, we, we're going to do a sequel to Alien, yeah. right? So what's it about? Aliens. 
Like it, love it already, and you know, lots of them running around. <laughs> now, there's um, <coughs> one there's, was bad enough. There, there's been a, a, I believe the youngsters call these a meme. There's been a meme doing the rounds where um, somebody has 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 written and said that, and they said that. So I've been writing reviews um, for movies for about ten years. My wife's review of Alien uh, puts everything I've ever written to shame. Oh, I think I know this because one. Alien is a movie where nobody listens to the yeah. to the cat lady, and then they all die except for the cat lady yeah, and her brilliant. cat. Yeah, four stars. This is the woman, and the only person that survives the woman and her cat yeah, yeah I love that yeah yeah. That's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, so that pretty yeah. much sums it up there. That is really... Although yeah. you have spoiled it for everybody. But yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's... Yeah. Everyone's seen Alien, I, surely. I, if you haven't seen Alien, just forget that I bit. think you. I think people, even if they've never seen it, they, the fact that Sigourney know. Weaver's in four of the movies... There is a clue there. Yeah, there? yeah. You know, so yeah. I don't think you've really spoiled it. No. I was only joking. Um, so it is... Yeah, and, and <clears throat> there are those who think it's a shame that Ridley Scott is revisiting the, his series now because he's making a prequel trilogy of which two of already been made there was Prometheus and then yeah, Alien Prometheus Covenant Prometheus wasn't great actually wasn't no it? Um, yeah. again <clears throat> Neighbours Guy Pearce cropping back up in that yeah, one and, yeah. and then Alien Covenant with Michael Fassbender that was a lot better I thought I enjoyed that. And there is a third one in the works, apparently, that oh. Ridley Scott's working on, along with another Alien movie being worked on by Neil Blomkamp, who oh, right. did District 9. Oh, OK. I know that. Yeah, I remember and, District and 9. And he's, yeah. he's also apparently making an Alien movie that wow. would be set somewhere before the first movie. Oh, right. But, but the trouble is, you do get the stage where you're like, do we need this many? And do we care? And... You know, yeah, because yeah. those first two were great. They were. The third one was, was significantly worse than Just the first two. Awful. Even though it was directed by David Fincher. <clears throat> I know, even he's not happy with it either. But I think no. the trouble with that one, for me, apart from it was incredibly bleak, it starts by killing off characters who survived aliens that yeah. you rooted for all the way through aliens. Yeah, I mean, they even killed the kid. Let's, I mean, come on. Yeah, you know and it was, and it was, and it's, it really was obvious that they, they basically killed them off for contractual reasons because they, they, they weren't going to bring them back. They weren't going to pay them to be in the next movie. <laughs> so kill them all off in the pre, you know, before oh. the movie starts, and and conveniently make it that the, the yeah. one they can afford to bring back because apparently it was done for a very low budget and, right. and all of that. <clears throat> it um, is, it's a plot on. Yeah, CV really bless him. And Alien Resurrection, the, the fourth one was just atrocious. Do you know what? I I didn't mind that. I quite liked it. I quite liked that one. Controversially, I know, but but that's probably because Alien Three was so mm. bad that I felt like they restored an element of aliens into Alien uh, Four. So, so I, I quite like the underwater stuff. That was quite good. I thought the action sequences. So I saw I saw <clears> um, an interview with Joss Whedon, who uh, famous for creating Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and famous for other things at the moment as well. Unfortunately, uh, well, yes, yes. Let's let's not let's gloss over focus that. Focus on yes. that. But but he wrote the screenplay to Alien Resurrection, and he ah. said that where they ruined his movie was that they shot it seriously. They he wrote most of the dialogue to be ironic, uh, and they right. played it straight. And he said that that and 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 he also said that he liked the characters he created so much. He went back and reused them all in Firefly, the the sci-fi oh, series yes, he did. Yes. And and if you watch Alien Resurrection with with those eyes, yeah, you see you all of his characters. I've never seen Firefly, so I should probably watch Firefly and see it through the Alien. It's a very good, and it's very short. Yeah. It, it's not a big investment of one's oh, yeah. time if you ever wanted to go back to it. So he wrote a script with dry humour in it, and he gave it to French directors. 
It was one of the Jeanne and Caro guys, wasn't it? Who did it? So I think so, yeah. Perhaps it got lost in translation, is what I'm implying there. The, well, yeah. The American irony. <coughs> and when, when you watch uh, the movie back and you hear them saying these lines very seriously and stoically, you can almost hear them thinking, do yeah. you know what? If they played that ironically, it could have landed very the differently. The poor French guy's probably reading the script he's been given going, oh, dear God, the dialogue. Yeah. And, you know, they, they should have sat in the same room. <laughs> Quite possibly. Worked that one out. Anyway, um, Alien is... the first is, and possibly the best. Yeah, yeah. Is, is the movie that, that, that is being recommended. 9pm ITV4, Tuesday the 6th of December. Our final movie for the week is on Wednesday the 7th of December, 11.40pm on BBC2. Apostasy? Is that yes, how we're saying apostasy, that? Apostasy, yes. Now, this is an interesting one that I caught on DVD maybe a year or two ago. Uh, it's from 2017. It's a small British movie, so not a Ridley Scott insight, uh, let alone a Rob Reiner. And uh, it's got Siobhan Finneran in it, who you'd probably, if you don't know the name, you would certainly recognise the face because she's been doing movies for years and years, right back to the 80s. Um, she plays the mum in this, and basically it features a family of two daughters uh, and the mother, and they are growing up in a very closed environment as Jehovah's Witnesses in the northern town, or city rather, of Oldham. <clears throat> and in that world, uh, they're not allowed to break the religious code that they're signed up for, or they could be expelled. And one of the codes that they sign up for is not getting blood transfusions, <coughs> excuse me, coughing away at the thought of um, of that. They're not allowed to have a, a blood transfusion or any kind of uh, medical intervention. And that matters because one of the girls has a condition that flares up and she passes out and she gets ill and taken to hospital and she knows that she could die, potentially, if she doesn't compromise her religious views. And the other daughter is disgraced because she gets pregnant and is cast out uh, by the uh, elders in the Jehovah's Witness uh, Church. Now, there's not a lot that covers, you know, dramatically Jehovah's Witnesses. We've we've seen other, you know, uh, religious extreme groups in all kinds of religions, but not normally Jehovah's Witnesses featured. And I thought this was really fascinating and interesting. Very well acted, particularly by the, well, Siobhan Finneran's always good, but the, the young girls in it were good as well as the two sisters and it's worth a watch for that reason alone really okay and and for those who are thinking where do they know Siobhan Finneran from I, I looked Sue. her up yeah Re- she played Rita in Rita Sue and Bob too mm. uh, so uh, and she's been in lots of <coughs> Downton Abbey and Happy Valley and she's yeah, been in lots heaps of, TV of things stuff. but you will de- if you don't recognise her name I'm sure a lot of you do but you will definitely recognise her face because she's going, oh, it's her. What's she been in? You know, that kind of conversation you have okay. with the family. So that's Apostasy uh, that's on 11.40pm BBC Two on Wednesday the 7th of December. All of our movies, uh, the, the ones that Howard has recommended, uh, you'll find the, the listings, the dates and times and all that nonsense uh, is in the description of this episode right now. Get a look in the podcast notes. Also, you can find it on our website at stalbanspodcast.com. Howard Linsky, uh, highly acclaimed local author of note thank you which of those movies would be your film of the week do you know what i I perhaps would have said alien but i think nearly everybody's already seen alien so that's my choice for a second watch but i'd recommend black hawk down if you've not seen it okay that's your film of the week uh thank you very much for that uh next week the film guide returns with chris aikman uh, at the helm uh howard thank you we'll catch you again sometime in the not too distant future